How y'all doing? I'm Paul Ryan, your host of the Across the Cowboys podcast. If you're new to the show, thank you for joining us. And to our regular listeners, welcome back. With me, as always, is my co-host, the greatest co-host in the world, Mike the Pig Crumb. Mike, how are you? Minus I made us miss yesterday's, you know, show. But other than that, I'm an okay uh, co-host. <laughs> all right, man. Things happen, brother. It's no worries at all. I appreciate that, man. Life gets in the way sometimes, you know? Yeah, 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 boy, howdy. It's been, it's been a fun 24 hours, but like the opposite of that. Yeah. Well, Mike, one thing that always uh, uh, brightens my day is some good Cowboys news. And I'm as always, I'm excited for our discussion tonight. Before we get into it, let the people know they can find you on Twitter. At CD Piglet, guys, nice and easy. Guys, I'm Paul Ryan. You can find me on Twitter at Paul underscore Ryan 15. You know, Mike, uh, before we can talk anything football, we've got to talk about one thing and one thing only. One of my favorite segments, if not my favorite segment, we didn't get to uh, bring it back last week. So we'll, we'll talk about it this week. Of course, I'm referring to Meatless Monday. You, you, I got a sneak peek of what was on the menu. Let the people know what, what you're having tonight. Yeah, it's uh, I'm on my reset. So the next 10 days is all... Well, I'm on day two, so the next eight, whatever, I don't know how to count. But uh, it's uh, no meat, no dairy, no sugar, no caffeine, no alcohol, no flour. So it's it's good food, but it's rough. Uh, today I had some uh, cauliflower rice um, with fried eggs and some lime juice, Tabasco, and some, like, um, you know, garnishes, scallions, uh, cilantro, stuff like that, turmeric to give it some nice color. And then I showed you for dinner, I made uh, lettuce cups um, and they have tuna. Weird that you you can't, it's meatless, but you could have salmon and tuna. I don't know. You know, I don't, I don't make up the rules for the mm. reset, no. but it had, it has yeah. tuna, get really good tan, uh, canned tuna. That's important. Red bell peppers, chickpeas. Uh, and then salt, pepper, and like garnishes, parsley, uh, green onions were in there, lemon zest, lemon juice. It's, it's fantastic. It is really good. But like, you know, everybody else had like pork ribs and sausages and chili in the house. And I was like, all right, I'm going to go have my lettuce cups. Yeah. So, you know, after you do your reset, is there like a meal that you traditionally go back to your first well, what uh, like for your first kind of I, I hate to say cheat meal but like your meal indulgent meal I weirdly the first day or two after my reset I typically have stuff still left over veggie wise that I need to use but when I do go to an indulgent meal it's typically a my cauliflower crust pizza I take the cauliflower crust I put tomato sauce on it my cheese and then depending on if it's Meatless Monday or not, different toppings, salami, pepperoni, sun-dried tomatoes is always good. So I like to make that cauliflower crust pizza. Quesadilla is good. You know, like cook it in butter with cheese inside. Put Parmesan on the outside to get a really crisp crust on it oh. so it's crunchy. I typically, Obviously, I miss cheese. That That is a key. I, I want cheese. Yeah. You know, I thought you might say you might go. You head to in and out and get yourself a double double. 
I man, I cook burgers five days a week. You know what oh, I mean? Yeah, it's true. like, and yeah, I get yeah. it half off there. And honestly, this isn't a thing. You know, part of it is because I cook it and I'm freaking good at it. But I think Wayback's as good as In and Out, and I love In and Out. This isn't like In and Out, uh, yeah. Whataburger, where the people diminish each other. You know. I eat in and out all day. I love it, but I can get way back for half price or free, depending on, you know, if I want to pay half price or not. And it's, uh, and it's as good. And I have different, like I have tater tots as sides. I have chicken I can get, you know, I have uh, uh chili cheese or cheese bacon fry. I could have all that and I get it at worst at yeah. half off. So yeah, I, I go to way back now. I do. I will hit in and out. On the way to Disneyland, though, that's like my fast food, um, on the road, cheap, you know, meal that I'll do when I'm on vacation mode. Yeah. I go to In and Out. I don't do I don't do fast food, but I'll do In and Out. Is that like a, a Disneyland tradition? Stopping at In and Out before y'all before y'all go to Disneyland, or, or on the way home? Almost everyone, I would say, eighty percent of the time. Every once in a while, there's something going on where we don't stop or or it's busy and we're like, come on, man, we want to get there. Like, Or we're on the way home and I'm in too much pain because once I'm once the trip's over, my legs go to shot mode. But for the most part, yeah, that's a tradition. Yeah. Well, Mike, somebody who I'm sure can afford a few double doubles after after getting his new deals, Malik Hooker. What were your initial thoughts on, on that? My initial thought is what a transition. Um, my honest first thought, because I'm a sick person, was like, uh, oh, Jerry got a ne- another deal on a hooker. You know, that's just how my mind works. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I'm terrible. But uh, I-, I just, my first thought went to how crazy it is that uh, somebody, I think Dave Hellman or somebody put out a thing that like over the last decade before uh, the last two years, you know, the 10 years before that, they combined for like 15 to 19 million in guaranteed money for the safety position yeah. that whole time, the whole time. Yeah. And this season, the guaranteed money is somewhere around 30 for the safety position. And that turnaround on that and one techniques going and getting Hankins, re-signing him, uh, drafting Mozzie, that switch from these positions don't mean much to these positions are key, so important. Yeah. And one of the reasons I really have faith that we might be able to make that jump now to the next level. Yeah, it's nice to see the front office making these investments that in years past, you know, I don't know if it was the influence of the past coaching regime, maybe, you know, not trying to blame anything on Rod Marinelli or anything like that, or Jason Garrett, but you see Dan Quinn coming in and you know what, what he's been able to do with the defense and how he's been able to influence this front office. It's nice to see that the Cowboys are starting to try to put the, their coaches in better positions to succeed. I, I do believe that that the front office and Will McClay puts a lot of stock into what their staff says. And under Garrett and Marinelli, yeah. they didn't really, you know, they weren't really big on one techniques and they weren't, they didn't believe the safety position was as important as the corner uh, position. And um, they put a lot of 
faith in the linebacker position and the running back position, which, you know, is flipped is starting to flip around now for, for uh, McCarthy and Dan Quinn. So uh, I, you know, I was always mad about it, but I, I understand, you know, if your coaching staff is sitting there going, you know, we're, we're okay here, you know, don't worry about spending big capital here. We'll work it out. Our, yeah. our scheme doesn't need that. You know, it, it, it it makes me feel less about Jerry being mad at the GM than I am about the uh, the coaches and what they uh, require. You know, I got to say, I was pretty surprised by the deal only because, you know, we still have to sign Dak. We still have to sign CD. We still, you know, we got digs done. But, of course, Zach Martin's out there still waiting for a new deal. Uh, my initial reaction was just surprised. Of course, I'm happy for Malik. I mean, he's been a, a great player here, but – it just kind of was unexpected. Yeah, I, I didn't expect it. I thought for sure the next one would be probably in three or four weeks, Martin, you know. Um, and then yeah. if not, yeah. something from Dak uh, or Lamb. You know, that was just what I assumed. And for them to get a, a hooker uh, or um, steal done, I didn't really see that until – later on i didn't see that as something happening in training camp but i'm i'm happy for it so it's that's good absolutely well you know not that malik didn't earn this new deal mike but when you look at it do you think the front office did this more for malik or for dan quinn uh it's like i just said i think they follow what their staff believes uh and um if i if you look at it like i was just uh, i just asked a question to locked on cowboys guys uh you know they always have twitter questions and i asked them who's the guy that that if malik hooker isn't resigned this was right before if malik hooker's not resigned or goes down who is it tyler Coyle? is it isn't mukwamu like who's the guy that can play the back end like that let alone be good versus the run but at least they could play the right. coverage part of it because I don't know if I see it. I like Izzy more as a corner, to be honest. And uh, Tyler Coyle looks like a, a, a good guy, but I don't know if he could do what Hooker can do. So, um, you know, I think Dan Quinn sees that and said, you know, let's get these guys locked up because they're too important to our, the back end of the defense. Him and Donovan Wilson, obviously. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to uh, jump to the next question, Mike, because I, I feel like that's the – a good transition for it. I'll go back to, to the show sheet here, but how important is Malik to this defense? Yeah, I, I think he's, he's really important. Like I said, he, he, um, he, I don't know of any, maybe Tyler Coyle can play the back end at a level that's good enough. Like Malik Hooker, maybe not to the top level, but, a, or, or McQuamu has enough range to play that. But I don't know if either of them can yeah. play the run as well as Hooker has in his two years in Dallas. And so having that ability to, to you know, when you want to disguise something, Malik Hooker can run up and still be a good player versus the run. Um, but then have him right. on your back end playing rain, you know, side to side. It, it's important. It's uh, I'm trying to think Parsons, Curse, Dono, Tank. It's there five or six with LVE right in that range of most important on the defense, you know? So mm-hmm. at five, five to seven, depending on, you know, 
you got to throw corner in. It's important. Parsons obviously is number one. Tank is a run stopper. You know, it, it it's up there as one of the core things. Under Parsons, there's five or six things that jumble into that second tier, and Malik Hooker belongs yeah. in. So Malik, you know, it's fair to say, I guess he's he's better than replaceable, but he's he's not a core part. He's a key piece of the defense. He's just not a core piece. You think? Yeah, that's actually in that question. That is how I answered it. I was like, he's a he's key because nobody on the uh, roster yeah. could uh, could do that dual role that he has. So yeah, key is the word. I got you. So how, how does Malik's deal affect uh, future Cowboys players' deals? I don't see it as affecting Dak because Dak's cap hits too high next year, so it's got to get done. Uh, Mike is going to get everything, yeah. and he's he's another full season away from even being eligible. Um, I don't see Lamb as an issue because they have the fifth-year option uh, if they need to, so that's not a big deal. Uh, Martin, I think it could help. Uh, because they need to lower his $24 million cap hit next year. So I think if it was going to affect a guy, it would be maybe steal uh, or curse. One-year players, um, there's only so many people you could bring back off, uh, you know, yeah. off one year. So curse and steal would be the two I would worry about in that situation, but none of the, like, super big mega contracts. If you had to pick one of the one of the two, uh, J. Ron Kirsch or Terrence Steele to bring back, who would you pick? Man, I love what Kirsch brings to the attitude in the locker room, but I haven't seen enough of Willetsko yet. I'm a personal, you know, I love Willetsko, and I think he could be a good right tackle. But you're telling me right now, I've seen more from Bell and Izzy. We have overshone. I believe in yeah. Dan Quinn's ability to replace more than I know from Solari and the offense. And so I don't like saying it because I don't want to lose Jaron Curse, but I would say I'd lose Curse now. Get into these preseason games even, and I get a couple of games of mm-hmm. Waletsko where Steele doesn't play because he's come back from the injury. And Walesco shows he's really good, and I might flip that answer. So prepare that for maybe going into week four of the preseason around that pod. Maybe if Walesco is doing good, we re-ask that question. Yeah, it really does boil down to who who can be easily more easily replaced. And you know, when you think about Dan Quinn and what he's able to do, I think you worded that perfectly. Yeah, just locker room wise is my play on the field. As great as Curse is, I believe Dan Quinn could work around it. But my goodness, you want to talk yeah. about a true like leader, a guy you follow attitude wise? Curse is so underrated. Yeah, he really is. So I'm curious, Mike. You know, for for years, Cowboys Nation was clamoring for the front office to invest in the safety position and. Here, you know, now we see this offseason, we bring back Donovan Wilson, we bring back Malik Cooker. What do you think it was that took so long? Was it, uh, in addition to the Dan Quinn influence, do you think that's the, just the main reason that it took a, the right coaching staff? I think Dan Quinn is dominated in his time here. I think Dallas saw the year yeah. before he got here how bad it could be. 
and I think that that they said, okay, who's we can't sign everybody, but who's some guys that's like, all right, give me give me five guys I know you need on the team. And Dan Quinn said, Dan Quinn's number one has always been Donovan Wilson. That that is his that is his guy. Attitude, play style, he loves Donovan Wilson. And I think he sees Hooker as a guy that's that's hard for him to look at the roster and find a guy that can do that. So I think that's the two two reasons both those guys got paid. As Dan Quinn said, we need them. Yeah, in addition to, I mean, they've just been – the year that Donovan Wilson had last year, you could argue that he was – behind Mike, of course, the second-base player on defense, probably our best – you know, you could argue he was the best player in our secondary. I, um, I argued that. A lot of people said tank. And we all know how I feel about that man, but I was like, Donovan Wilson yeah. had 100 tackles. He was a killer for his percentages on his blitz that he got there and hurried the QB or hit him or pressured him or sacked him was incredible. Um, he missed a little bit too many tackles, but he's really, I mean, when you're a 100 tackle person, you're going to miss some, you know? And just his attitude and his willingness to just do anything and everything for the defense. It's, it, I would have him as my second behind Parsons personally. Yeah, there was a handful of games where he he set the tone for the defense. He is what Jerron curses in vocal. Donovan Wilson is that guy on the field. He's he's that violent, yeah. crazy player. Uh, remind me, what was uh, what was the draft capital on Donovan Wilson? He was like a day three guy, right? Sixth round pick, my favorite pick. I love that pick. God, Man. so cool. And Dude, I was on, amazing. I was on him as being a top ten caliber safety as early as year one, and then going into last year, I finally was like, he just doesn't stay healthy enough. And then he played seventeen games. <laughs> oh, and just man, that. That year alone, though, I think was deserving of at least, uh, you know, a two-year deal. Oh, yeah, you had to. He, I had moved on, you know, people had kind of, Donovan Wilson was too injured, I agreed with them, and I had moved to being the Biotish defender, where everybody was like, seventh-round pick and yeah. undrafted free agent's going to take his job. And I was like, you know, Biotis isn't that bad, guys. Like, he really isn't. And then he turned in a, a great year, right. and so – you know, it's been now, and now I don't want to pay him. Like I'm like, eh, I like Biotis, but I don't, he's replaceable still. Like not by seventh round picks and stuff, but it's funny how it flipped. Now everybody wants to pay and keep Biotis and make him a core person. Now I'm like, got a few too many guys to pay. I think you let Biotis walk. Yeah, sex, sex to think about, man. Thankfully, we don't have to have that conversation this year. I agree. But this is a. This is going to be a big year. They they need to really go at it this year. Yes, sir. All right, Mike. Last week we talked about uh, training camp storylines we wanted to see coming out of training camp. So it's only right that this week we talk some stories that we don't want to see coming out of training camp. We're going to do three for the defense and three for the offense. Mike, start us off with uh, your. All right, let's start with. Uh, let's go from from three to one. Give us your number three storyline you don't want to see coming off the defense side of training camp. 
Uh, well, I, I, you know me. It's always going to be. I don't want to hear about injuries. Like that would be the most negative. Like today, yeah. Mozzie, Mozzie's getting MRI, tendonitis. Uh, uh, I didn't hear uh, that. Schoonmaker's back. That's good. But there was another person who went yeah. out. Um, and I'm blanking on who it was. He didn't practice, but just just get to the season healthy and and uh, no major injuries. That's always my main uh, worry storyline wise. Yeah, for me, Mike, a, a, a report I don't want to hear coming out of training camp. My number three storyline is stopping the run is still an issue. Oh yeah. That would be real bad. You bring back Hankins. Sam Williams should help there. Uh, that's going to actually lean into my next storyline. But, but yeah, if that was a storyline going in, that would be a real problem. If we if we stop the run, we should have possibly the best defense in football. Yes, sir. All right, so what's, the, what's your number two storyline for the defense, Mike? That, that tank doesn't seem to be holding up. Like the, the injuries, the wear and tear finally oh. is getting to him. And he's not looking like the same yeah. player. <laughs> and I think that leads into deep because pressure-wise, you know, he, he's not a 15-sack guy. He's not Michael Parsons. He's not going to be that. But he's a great mix of be elite versus the run and a issue in, in pass protection. And so – I just, uh, I just want him to still be himself, holding up against the run, being a, a top five edge versus deep uh, versus the run, and and we'll go from there. We have plenty of pass rushers. Yeah, I like that one, man. I don't, you know, I don't. I, I think we all, you know, sometimes tend to take Tank for granted, but not having Tank on that defensive line that would be a huge, a huge, uh, a huge hole to try to fill, man. Yeah, it would. We we need. Uh, no- the idea is Sam Williams being that in another year or two. Yeah. Uh, my number two storyline, I'm sure this is this is probably more realistic. I, I just hate to hear about it, our second-round pick, but Kelvin Joseph is a cut candidate, and I'm pretty sure that actually is a storyline out of uh, training camp. Yeah, it definitely is. I'll tell you, they don't want that at all. They are bad. They're trying yeah, to put yeah. him in there. They know he's an early pick, and they don't want to admit the failure of it. And he's a good special teamer, so they have two reasons to give him every chance to uh, make the team. So yeah, that right. would be if that happened. He's just been a nightmare, and so far he's he's gotten caught on a lot, but he hasn't been a nightmare. Yeah. All right, Mike. What's your number one uh, storyline for the defense? The team is relying on Mozzie and Overshone too much. I, um, I, you know, DT takes a minute to, to get used to yeah. the NFL strength. You already see he's missing time. He's getting an MRI. Like it's hard. No, I don't care how strong you are. Mozzie is the strongest of the strong. It takes you a while to consistently get used to facing people equally as strong as you or at the NFL level of strength. At Michigan, you yeah. know, he'd play Ohio State, and that's a big, strong guy. And then he'd play Iowa. And it's like, nah, this ain't the same as playing an NFL-caliber guard and center every week. And so I just don't want them relying on those guys. They're 
They're going to be contributors. They're going to flash, but it's going to be tough for them to consistently be big playmakers on a defense this good. All right, Mike, I know this this one is a couple years away, but, you know, players talk and, you know, they have they all have personal goals and everything. But I would hate to hear that uh, there's whispers that Micah Parsons wants to test free agency. That's my number one storyline I don't want to hear. Yeah, nobody wants to hear that. I don't even want you to bring that up. It's not going to happen. Gallus knows they're going to have to pay him top it's not dollar. Happen. No he wants it here. It's not happening, but, yeah, that that's terrifying. He, I mean, he, that man might get, like, 200 mil. He might get a quarterback contract, dude. He's going to get somewhere close. He's, I think it was at uh, our buddy Mike White at Not To Be Trite who said, uh, uh, you know, Micah Parsons is going to be that Mahomes tier this year. And I agree, he probably is. Yeah. Mm. Okay, moving on to the offense, Mike. What's your number three storyline you don't want to hear about the offense? Injuries. <laughs> Injuries. <laughs> Come on. It's, uh, it's so important no, fair, that man. it has to be said every time. It's always number one. Yeah. If you lose a guy, one, I'm not even saying names because I don't want it to be out there. But if you lose one of the big guys, you're effed. So – just stay healthy. Always the storyline. Stay healthy. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think this has been an issue so far, but my number three storyline is Micah Gallup can't get open versus versus the defense. He's had some separation issues, but it's not the same as last year. It's a Michael Gallup's a very good number two wide receiver, and the Dallas defense has very good number one corners on both sides. So he's going to struggle to get open versus them. Now, when he's facing yeah. wide receiver uh, three to cornerback three on some team, you know, the commanders, now, you know, if he couldn't get open then, then it would be a, a issue. I mean, you think about Dallas's top three corners, man. Like people are saying, you know, we have – we, he's, we probably have the best secondary, if not the best secondary in the NFL right now. And that's including Deron Bland. Easily the best secondary. If you're talking corners and safeties, there's no one up there yeah. with Dallas that has both. There's some that have cornerback groups that are as good. I don't think anybody touches the safeties. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's crazy to think about what happened in just two years. Dan Quinn is special. Yes, sir. All right, Mike, what's your number two storyline? Number two storyline is that uh, Martin and Steele aren't starting on the right side. Come when it when it comes down, like oh. after the fourth preseason game. You know, yeah. and, and it's time to go. And if, if Steele's not back playing and for some reason Martin isn't there or he comes back and something happens, again, injury storyline uh, is not something we want to hear. We want to hear all players are healthy. So that would be a killer. They need that right side. And I love Well, Let's Go, but I'm trying to win Super Bowls, not build for the future this year. All right, Mike, we have a new listener tonight, somebody joining in here live. And so Lars saying we have the best roster in football. It's just staying healthy, just like you said. I agree, Solar, 100%. They, they, they have an elite roster. Are you, they, 
to stay healthy. Do, or do you know anybody by the name Solar, Mike? Not that I know of, but he might be mad. Like, what do you mean? We talk all the time, but I, I'm not good. Like, <laughs> I know Nick and Brendan and Dan and, like, Massey. There's like, there's, like, 25 I know by, like, name, and then the rest are, like, the at. And I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, I talk to him a lot, you know? Yeah. Well, Solar, hey, man, we appreciate you tuning in tonight, brother. Thank you so much. I appreciate the comment. Yeah, my number two storyline, Mike, is the offensive line is having issues in pass protection. That's an enormous storyline. And the thing is, is that that is a storyline right now. But my my it is, what yeah. I'll edit that, what I'll edit that is, is coming out of Jacksonville, we're saying that. Coming out of the next preseason game. When they're facing Micah Parsons and like Dante Fowler is the third defensive end going against the third, you know, string friggin' offensive tackle. Well, yeah, he's going to destroy him. Micah Parsons versus anybody yeah. is probably going to destroy, you know. But if it's like we're struggling right. versus, you know, the, the third string of the Jaguars defense, then I'm really worried. That's scary. That's scary, yeah. Okay, Mike, here we are. Uh, what's your what's your number one storyline you don't want to hear about the offense? Uh, Zeke returning. Uh, I'm already tired of that. Ooh. Just go with the youth. There's, We don't need another guy that you've got to give carries to because of the name and the, and the pedigree on the team and everything like that. Just go with Malik Davis and Dowdle and Deuce Vaughn behind your number one guy. Yeah. You don't need to bring back. The, the you know it reminds me of bringing back Tez, Des Bryant at tight end and and all the mumbo jumbo just oh just go with your youth you have a you have a running back one stick with him and your young guys behind him yeah all right Mike my, my number three storyline I don't want to hear is Dak wants to be the highest paid quarterback in the NFL. That's fair they might have to and do only it because though. man not not. You know, and the only reason is, is not that I don't think he's deserving of it, but, you know, I guess there's a conversation to be had even there. But, you know, with CD and with Zach Martin and Terrence Steele and these other contracts we got to have, man, him wanting to him wanting that, man, that makes things really difficult. I I honestly, my the storyline I would like to hear is that he came out and like Burrow did. Hey, we're going to need a lot of people. I don't need top of the market. Just, you know, give me a fair deal. And, and that would like the Trayvon Diggs deal was incredible. It was such a great deal for Dallas. He still makes a ton of money. He's going to do great. And I would love Dallas to do to, to get that with Dak because not that we'll go out and spend a bunch of money outside, but more of the hooker, Hankins, Steele, curse. If we take less money, we have a better chance of bringing those guys back. Exactly, exactly. All right, Mike, you know, what you're looking at training camp, it's only been two weeks, but after these two weeks, has the offense or the defense been better in training camp, do you think? Uh, for me, it's clearly been the defense, but it's kind of unfair because Tyron can't go all the time. Zach Martin's not there. Steele isn't, you know, playing for real. So it's like the, the, the Dallas number one defensive strength is pass rush. 
and they're going against a make shit a shift offense of make shit possibly possibly make shit <laughs> but a make yeah. shift offensive line and it's just not fair honestly the 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 flip side could be considering what both have the fact that the offense has been very competitive with him could kind of lean towards mm-hmm. you know hey com- considering expectation the offense might have the better camp but i think if you went like just flat line which side has played better i would say defense but it's default defense has their defensive linemen offense doesn't have their offensive line yeah i've heard a lot more i guess just in the last few days about how the offense has kind of had their way with the defense but overall i'd have to agree i think the defense has been getting the best of the offense the offense had a nice that 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 period where they did the two minute drills they their their goal line like inside the five or red zone stuff has been nasty on the offense like the defense has not been able to stop it just there's too many weapons too much stuff you could do you got to watch for turpin and pollard and lamb and then gallup say a a uh you know a specialist at going up in on the fade and and they, they have really – you have big tight ends that are, you know, that can go up and get the ball. So, in the in the red zone, the, the offense is dominated. I just don't know how well they've done past that. Yeah. Yeah, I know uh, Dak was kind of getting on some of the defensive players' nerves, getting in their heads. You know, he had Trayvon talking trash. He had LBE trying to slot the ball out of his hand. So, you know, you know the offense was having a good day. Yeah. They were they were talking smack. I love it, dude. You, you know, Dallas has to believe that if the offensive line holds up, they can be the best offense in the NFL. And the defense has to believe that if Micah Parsons or there's no other like major setbacks anywhere, uh, that they are going to be the number one defense yeah. in the NFL. So it makes for a battle because the top guys on the offense believe what they believe. The top guys on the defense believe what they believe, and they get to go at it. Yes, sir. All right, Mike, you mentioned the uh, the game versus the Jaguars this week, and, you know, your views from the sidelines. I'm curious. Give us one defensive player, one offensive player to keep our eye on during that game. Turpin is the offensive player. He's, um, he's played. Mm, he's had okay. a good camp. I would say very recently, maybe over the last two practices, Tol- Tolbert might have overtook him as the wide receiver four, which is not a bad thing. He's a top 100 draft pick, so that's good. No. But um, yeah. uh, Turpin's right in there in that battle for wide receiver four. He's also a Pro Bowl returner. He's a threat every time the ball is going to go into his hands. Everybody's butthole puckers because it could be a touchdown, like – just is what it is i thought you'd like that so you know seeing him play and not in not in gadget plays and i'm lining up this is the offensive ball we've got to make calls he's done it in camp so far he's done it plenty he's he's beat Diggs a few times he's beat gilmore once or twice he's done it versus the good guys beat bland so you know seeing him line up and seeing, even if it's Cooper Rush, them be able to make connections and him get separation and make plays is going to be big time because 
then there's no worry about like, oh, are you just having a punt returner on there? Can we find somebody that can do both? He could be an elite punt returner that adds something to the offense. Yeah, no, you know, Mike, I uh, I don't remember from last year. I know he went to the Pro Bowl, but did he actually get voted into the Pro Bowl or was he a replacement? No, he was voted. He was the top guy, top uh, uh, returner, which is weird because he never had any touchdowns in season. He had a couple in preseason, but yeah, he had a couple where, like, he messed up the return. Otherwise, it would have been a touchdown. Like, he had it. He broke it. Mm-hmm. And then chose a wrong way right at the end to get caught. You know, he probably should have had two touchdowns uh, uh, on the year, and he probably should have had a playoff one. So, you know, I understand yeah, that I the, the, the Pro voters know he's a threat. I'm sorry, Paul. What was that? Yes, sir. No, I was going to say I know against that 49ers in that 49ers game in the playoffs. Man, he should have had a touchdown. Yeah, and now he's going to have a full off season. To prepare, he's going to be rested. He's going to be ready, and I expect him to have multiple returns for touchdown. I'm not going to lie. Yes, sir. And, uh, who was the guy on defense, Mike? Damone Clark. Uh, word is he's Ooh. being a monster. Um, I, I just I think he's too big, too athletic, and works too hard. His his film study is probably the best on the defense. Um, and, uh, and I just expect him to be, my expectation is for Leighton Vendress to be the starting linebacker, but Damone Clark to be the best linebacker on the team by the end of the year. Man, that's kind of surprising though, because Damone Clark is a key piece of the defense. I'd like to thank, you know, our second best linebacker, if you consider, or I mean, you know, maybe our third is the factor in Michael Parsons, but. How do you feel about him playing in a preseason game? This first pre- preseason game. Uh, a series or two, yeah, I'm okay with it. Okay, uh, he's got to get out there. We're kind of thin on linebacker too. I don't want Harper, yeah, Jabril Cox, Overshone, and uh, and Malik Jefferson being the only guys to play the whole game. So that's fair. That's fair. All right, Mike. Here we are. One word. The preseason is a blank for NFL teams and players. Uh, blank opportunity, right? That was that's no, that it. was that was my one word. <laughs> no, oh, my bad. That was okay. when I finished the show sheet. I had filled it. I filled it out, and I put opportunity in the blank. And then I don't know why I did that, and then sent it to you. About that was my one word: is opportunity. Okay, well, we got we we wanted to get yours in first. That that probably is the right one. Let me look at it. Preseason games are I put risky for NFL Ooh, and like players um, because if you if you put people out there and they get injured, that's terrible. Yeah. If you don't play anybody ever, why would anybody want to pay you know for that? Like. It, it wouldn't, it right, kind of would right. make it not worth it, you know? So it's risky on both sides. And it's risky going into the season without, you know, playing at all. So risky. I like risky. I like opportunity, though, too. That's yeah, a good that's word. A good yeah, I wanted to keep it simple. I thought that was pretty fitting. Yeah, definitely. All right, well, here we are. We're, here we are with top five. This week's, uh, 
topic is our top five favorite bites of food. I thought this was a good one, Mike. I had fun filling this one out. Yeah, this is this is this is a good one. I'm interested to see yours compared to my fatty. Like, I'm so fat. I just I'm I'm wondering what yours are going to be comparatively. So, uh, guys, just for those listening, um, it can be like one singular bite of food, like maybe like a bite of a certain fruit or something that we like, or a combination of multiple things that eat that are equivalent to one bite. That's the uh, the uh, I don't, what's the word I'm looking here for, Mike? Not the standard, but it doesn't matter. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Help me out here. Throw me a bone. That's that's the idea of the list. It's, oh, it's there, the, idea of the, the idea of the list. There's a better word, but I can't think of it either. Yeah. I know which one you're thinking of, but I can't think of it. Yeah. I know it's weird. All right, Mike, give us number five. Uh, okay, so that was hard to narrow down the, the four or five because there was a there's a bunch like the like when you get a, a deep dish pizza and that back crust is all crispy and there's a little pepperoni oh left, my gosh. And, you know, like, so it was tough. I wanted to get that one. There's, but I narrowed it down. I went to, when you get that breakfast, that's chicken fried steak, gravy and biscuits. And you, and you make it like a sandwich and you take that cut, you cut mm. a piece of biscuit with a piece of the chicken fried steak and it's got the gravy on it. You drink that bite is elite breakfast food, fatty style legendary dude with the egg though with the egg though too right oh yeah well typically i'll get my egg where it's with yolk like not scrambled so i like to get the yolk in there too oh god you have to dude you have to you have to man i haven't i had my wife and i we had chicken fried steak and eggs about a month ago for breakfast but man that's not that's a breakfast that doesn't get enough credit in my opinion no you know how we were talking about cheat like I was thinking that I was like, when I get off this reset, I need to oh, make. Yeah. I have, I have the steak in there. I need to make it. Hmm, man, that'll be good. All right, Mike, number five. I'm going with the uh, stadium nacho bite. You know, you've got that round chip with the cheese and the pickled jalapeno. I know it's a very basic nacho. Probably, you know, people don't really appreciate that nacho, but it's something about that combination of the three that it's just so good, man. It's so simple. It. Oh, this takes me back to simpler times. You you know what you know what you hate about that is that it's so goddamn good that the theaters and the stadiums get you to pay eight to ten dollars for that shit, and it's just some hot cheese yeah. that you can get at the liquor store with the with the cheapest tortilla chips. But it's so good that you're like, man, I got it. You know, so good. I got to get it while I'm here. And it's weird because I'm thinking about all the, you know, all the nachos you could have, like steak fajita nachos, chicken fajita, you know, whatever, brisket, all that. But something about those nachos, man, it's the simplicity of it is really what makes it, I think. I agree. All right, Mike, number four on my list. And shout out to my guy, Prescott, because he's, I'm sure he has fond memories of this. But I'm going with the uh, Bluebell Banana Pudding Ice Cream. And a, and a waffle cone, that last bite where you get like the ice cream and a little piece of vanilla wafer. I know you haven't had the ice cream because we talked about it before, but then you, it's kind of like melted, but still has a little bit of like a body to it, if you will. And then you get that nice crunch from the cone. I'll have to tell a funny story when when we uh, when we wrap this up. 
That. Uh, Hopefully, yeah, my guy Prescott. Yeah, I want to know now. Another banana uh, dessert type story, huh? For the. Uh, I. Um, I'll tell it real quick. Uh, so there was a yeah. summer. Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. No, no, please. No, so okay. So there was a summer. Yeah, there was a summer where uh, me and my cousin Chase and my cousin Prescott, we were living with my Nana. And right behind her house, like, like a block over, was my Aunt Teresa. She was living in a house. And my cousin Ryan was home from summer from uh, from college. So he was staying there. And that summer, you know, we would hang out every night. We'd go drinking, just hanging out, chilling, having like a, you know, a boy summer, if you will, you know, back in your younger days. And one night uh, I was standing out with Ryan and we just got chilling. And uh, we, for some reason, I don't know why, uh, but like we had ended up buying like a gallon of ice cream for, or no, Ryan's mom had bought a gallon of ice cream. And Matt was like, hey, man, can I, would you make me a cone before I have to go home? We're like, yeah, we got you. And if you know my cousin Ryan, he's a, he's a bit of a prankster. So we go inside the house and we make we make Prescott's uh, cone. And he, he 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 takes out the ice cream, he takes out the cone, and then he takes jalapenos out of the fridge. I'm like, bro, what are you doing? And he puts a, a pickled jalapeno at the very bottom of the cone, right? <laughs> and he puts ice cream on top, puts ice cream on top. And then he puts another jalapeno like on top and puts ice cream on top of that one, right? I'm like, bro, why'd you put two? He's like, okay. So he's going to take a bite of the ice cream, right? He's going to take that first jalapeno, and he's going to be like, oh, man, y'all got me. But then he's going to get down to the very last one and get got again. And so we're like, oh, God, dude. So, you know, we're giving the ice cream. We kind of, we're sitting there eating it together, right? And he gets that, he reaches that first jalapeno. And he's like, oh, man, I hate you guys. Well, he ends up leaving. Well, so me and Ryan are just hanging out. We're, we're talking or whatever. And we kind of forget about it. And all of a sudden, we get a phone call, and it's from Prescott. We're like, what's we, we He puts it on speakerphone. And he's like, hey, man, what's going on? He's like, man, I freaking hate you bastards. We're like, why? And he's like, y'all put a second jalapeno in the car. <laughs> we just burst out laughing, dude. We, we talk about that all the time. Anytime we think about banana pudding, we always go back to that story. <laughs> That's a great prank. That this, The elevated second jalapeno is so brilliant because – you put your guard down. Ah, you got me. Good, good one, guys. To get yes. hit the, with the double, with the double <laughs> shot. That's elevated pranking right there. I love so, it. So, so good, man. I love it. All right, Mike, what's number four on your list? Number four on my list was a hard one. I, I went with fried cheese curds, and I couldn't narrow down. I oh. like, like, yeah, I love I love fried cheese. Like, so I was trying cheese to think. So, so good, bro. I was trying to think the best bite with them. Like, is it with marinara? Like a, like a mozzarella stick? Is it with a sweet and sour sauce? Is it with a horseradish cream? But we were at my store, me and my, uh, my uh, best friend's wife were working. And somebody told us, take the uh, fried cheese curds put them with a little bit of caramel sauce. And then of course my fat ass added some bacon to it. And that like the fair food taste of right out of the fryer, fried cheese curds with a little bit of caramel sauce and a piece of bacon. Perfect. It was so good. My God. I'm starting to salivate just thinking about that dude. Cause I've had a cheese curd like fresh out of the fryer bro. Way better than a mozzarella stick. 
Yes, 100%. Try it with some caramel next time. Just get a little of that Hershey's caramel mm-hmm. or whatever caramel you have. Bomb. I'll have to try that, man. That sounds really good. It sounds I never, would never think to add those three things together, but that sounds incredible. It, it was – it's a fatty creation. It's what fat people do. <laughs> yes, sir. All right, Mike, number three on your list. Number three is – Man, my thing, I just realized mine has a theme. Uh, candied bacon. So it's bacon oh. with with that's brushed with maple syrup and then sprinkled with red chili uh flake and a little bit of pepper. And so you get the spice, but it's also sweet. And then, of course, the flavor of bacon is amazing, mm-hmm. just bacon. So it is, it's so good. It's at Lazy Dog. I get it at Lazy Dog anytime I go there, no matter what. Candy bacon. I don't think I've ever had candy bacon, man. That sounds really good. It's a must, dude. You, uh, so you, number you gotta get on that. Yeah, I'll have to I'll have to fix that. Uh number three on my list, Mike. It's it's the last bite of the Mexican breakfast plate. You know, you've got a little bit of tortilla left, you've got the refried beans, and then you know, you've got your maybe huevos con papas or your huevos con a la mexicana, whatever it is, and like the like the chili style potatoes that they have. And you've got the little vehicle with the tortilla, you get the beans, you get all of it. And just that one last bite of tortilla, do that homemade flour tortilla and a little bit of salsa, man, 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 man. That's, that's number three on my list. Oh, our, our guy uh, Jordan stock lazy dog is so good. Lazy dog is bomb dude. And it's a well-priced and there's dogs everywhere, which I love. So it's like good food, well-priced food and and pets you can't like that's as good as it gets for me that's my if a cowboys game was on and we were winning by like 20 points that would be like the ultimate like couldn't get better for me um as far as uh, uh, as far as the mexican plate you want to know what annoys me when you get like two tortillas but it's like five tortillas worth of food don't skimp on my tortillas. Right. I always try to get like an extra thing of tortillas because I'd rather just eat the rolled up tortilla with nothing left or run it over the plate than run out and not be able to like have the vehicle to get everything in one bite. Yeah. I know. I hate that. I always order at least one more. I need at least three. Agreed. All right, Mike, what's number two on your, or no, my turn. What number two on my list? I'm going with the last bite of a water burger patty melt. I don't know what it is. It's my. It's probably my wife's favorite burger. I love the patty melt. It's, it's up there for me. I think it was on my top five burger list when we ranked our burgers. But like we can have fries. Uh, you know how like sometimes you eat around a sandwich. Like you'll eat all all around this all around the edge, and then you'll just have that one center bite. So I'll do that yes. with a patty melt, and I'll just kind of like leave it there on the paper. And I'll eat my fries, you know, I'll eat, I'll make sure to house my fries. I'll drink my drink. And I just kind of stare at it. And I'm like, this is the last one, man. And I make sure to savor it. But the last bite of a, of a water burger patty melt, it's, it's an elite, elite bite. If I ever make it to the big time and I go to a Cowboys game in, in Texas, I will make sure to get Whataburger. Cause I'm not. I'm not one that's I love in and out and I love way back and I'm sure I'd love Whataburger. So if I do go, I'll make sure I get a patty melt for sure. Oh yeah, you have to, you have to. 
And some spicy ketchup. And spicy ketchup. Is that tomato ketchup and sriracha? I don't know what it is. It's like their own their own recipe. Gotcha. Yeah, I got to try Whataburger. All right, Mike, what's number two on your list? Number two on my list? Okay. It's a specific bite, a specific area. It's when you're having cheesecake and that back end where the graham crackers higher. So it's not like this much filling to this much graham cracker crust. It's that big ass end where it's half crust, half cheesecake. That bite. Like when we, when I share a piece of cheesecake, I tell people like I'm taking the back. Like I I can't have this little bit of crust. I want the crust. When I make one, my crust is like that thick. I, I want crust on my mm-hmm. on my cheesecake. And that back end, ultimate bite for me. Yeah, that's a good one. I, I know that uh, cheesecake would be on my wife's list. We went to Cheesecake Factory almost two months ago, and we brought home a couple pieces of cheesecake. And she, you know, she really appreciates a good cheesecake. Shout out Tahoe Joe's, man. In my opinion, other than the one I make, of course, I'm going to love my own. But other than me having to put in the effort to make one, Tahoe Joe's cheesecake is elite. I would go there just for that. Really? Okay. What kind of restaurant is that? Sit down, uh, uh, you know, um, steaks, pork chops on the uh, uh, baked potatoes, okay. green beans, that kind of stuff. You know, it's kind of a it, – it's actually a very Texas restaurant. You know, uh, porks and uh, pork chop steak, prime rib. Oh, okay. Interesting. All right, Mike, here we are. Number one. What's number one on your list? Number one has made my a list before. My top Super Bowl foods. I believe it was number one on that as well. Uh, you take a date. You take the pit out. You stuff it with goat cheese. You wrap it with bacon. You stick it in the oven. Bacon being a big theme on my list. The, the the smokiness <laughs> of the bacon with the sweet of the the date with the tanginess of the goat cheese is perfect food. It's perfect. It cannot be beaten. It cannot. It doesn't need any adjustment. It doesn't need to be changed. It's perfection. And I, I'll eat four hundred of them, but I would be three hundred pounds again. It, it, that is one of my all time <laughs> favorite bites of food. Obviously, my favorite bite, but like. I would put it up there with like entrees. It's that good. Have you tried the day where it's like you, you know, you take the pit out, you fill it with peanut butter, dip it in chocolate, then put it in the fridge for a couple hours, and it's supposed to taste like a Snickers? Have you tried that one? I I've had something similar, and they're good, but they're sweet. Whereas in with the goat cheese and yeah, the bacon, yeah. you get a little bit more savory. But it is dates right. are dates are top level food like if you can get you make something with pork try to add dates to it and you will not be uh disappointed oh, okay i'll have to keep that in mind i'm not sure i've ever had a date you're married sir you've right, been num- on a date number one on... <laughs> i was just thinking of a cheesy joke like that That's funny. sorry all right mike number one on my list uh this is a bite that I, if i'm i'm lucky if i get it once a year but it is 
listen, I guess this, this would be the perfect Thanksgiving bite, at least in my eyes. You've got the turkey, the gravy, the stuffing, the cranberry sauce, and the roll. And you've got that little, like, sandwich thing, bro. That's the key. I was waiting for you to stay on the roll. It's got to be... It's got to be a sandwich. It has to be on the roll, bro. The sandwich yes. has is to key. Be. I so agree. That should have made my list. That should have been at least five. That is a elite, elite meal in one bite. And that's what's different about it is it is a meal in a bite. That should have made my list. That is a great number one. That might be the best uh, uh, number one you've had on a top five. Uh, excluding, of course, the wife and kid. That was really a smart one. That was, you know, you were playing it good with that one. But that is a great bite of food. <laughs> Earl of Sandwich, um, Earl of Sandwich offers that year-round, and there's a couple of other sandwich places where you can get that sandwich, but it doesn't always, like, it has the stuffing, cranberry, turkey, and gravy, but it doesn't always have, like, you can add mashed potatoes on Thanksgiving. doesn't always have that, but stuffing, Cranberries, turkey, and gravy on a roll. Earl of Sandwich has it, and I know of a couple other sandwich places here in Fresno that that have it. So you don't have to have it always once a year if you find the right sandwich shop. If I go somewhere for lunch and they have turkey and dressing on the menu, I'm like nine out of ten, I'm getting it every time. It's one of the only frozen meals I'll eat. Is, is the frozen oh, turkey, stuffing, really? okay. gravy? I don't do it much, but I'll do it every once in a while. Oh, dude, the, like the Thanksgiving Day shepherd's pie. You just instead of like the beef and the corn and the mashed potatoes and the peas, you have the turkey, you have the stuffing, the mashed potatoes. Man, I've done that. That's I used a good to, way make to make utilize turkey. those leftovers. Yeah, you make two turkeys oh, wow. just to be able to do leftovers like that. Man. Yeah, I'll have to come over to Thanksgiving at your house sometime, Mike. One hundred percent. Now we got under two minutes. Let's close it out. We can do it under an hour. Yes, sir. All right, Mike. Man, as always, I enjoyed our discussion tonight. Before we get you out of here, remind the people they can find you on Twitter. Letter C, letter D, Piglet at CD Piglet. Nice and easy. Guys, I'm Paul Ryan. You can find me on Twitter at Paul underscore Ryan fifteen. We appreciate you joining us, and we'll see you guys next week under an hour.